This is the Hack the Future podcast, the human stories behind courage, purpose, and imagination. Join your host, Terrence Mowry, who will guide you on the journey of reimagining the world as we know it. Einstein said you can't explore a new world with an old map. New contexts demand new questions. So, what questions do you want to be remembered for? What are the bravest questions you can ask this year? Today, I'm delighted to meet Steve Hamilton Clark. Steve is the Chief Coaching Officer at the Henker Institute and co-author of a great new book, Conversation Secrets for Tomorrow's Leaders. Steve shows us that most of today's leadership challenges are not because of technology, they're because of sociology. And that's why courageous conversations are a superpower. Steve, great to have you on the show today. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Terence, for having me on the show. Absolutely. Uh, it's my pleasure. Beautiful day here it's, in Vancouver. Yeah, it's a, look, I'm super excited to finally get to speak with you. And you know, we're going to give our audience the equivalent of a double espresso or a spicy pumpkin latte to uh, shake up their thinking, give them fresh perspectives and do a deep dive into your great new book that you've co-authored. Can you just tell me the title of your book? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Conversation Secrets uh, for Tomorrow's Leaders. And then it's 21 obvious secrets leaders do not use enough. Wow. Um, And, you know, quite often, you know, the best secrets are in in plain sight. (laughs) Yeah. So I would love to find out more about some of the big takeaways of this book. And I wanted to start with a question, which is, why did you write this book? Why now? And what's the kind of big idea behind the book, which I think is so relevant, by the way, right now for the transitions and the challenges that we're facing? A a, a few reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, The primary one is that we seem to be forgetting how to have conversations with people. Yes. Um, and that everyone has a perspective, mm-hmm. and, and it's a valid perspective, mm-hmm. um, and 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 it, and it's important to learn how to suspend judgment, to be willing to be influenced, which perhaps lesser less people are willing to be influenced. Mm-hmm. And then there's this, the COVID environment, which has just created uh, so much, you know, stress. You like yes. you hear it in my voice too. Yes. Wow. I can, and, yeah, I can relate yeah. to it. Somebody mentioned this word karoshi recently, this Japanese yeah. word, death, death from overwork or death at your desk. And I, I thought, gosh, I can, I think I can relate to that. Right. And so, and then to a degree, mm. to a degree, because um, one of the authors is American, uh, Mindy, mm. there's the US politics side of things, which, you know, does sort of overshadow parts of the uh, of the rest of the world in terms of its sort of black and whiteness that's that's kind of emerging yes. and there's a lot of gray in between that has a lot of validity and worth exploring mm. um then there's the business piece with yes. with leaders which is all about co- how do you get to collaboration in a disconnected world yes in a VUCA, in this VUCA world the volatile uncertain chaotic ambiguous world yes. so that, that, those are kind of genesis of it i i love that and when you were writing the book and researching the book and, and just from your own experience as well, what, you know, what would you say, you know, again, for our listeners, what would you say are some of the biggest sins? You know, I'm, I'm a Catholic guy and, you know, so what are some of the biggest sins of leadership conversations right now? Are we sinners? Are we sinners? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> You know, you know well, is, here, it, here, is well, it not listening? Is it not having conversations with yourself? Is it is it not being empathetic? 
Um, probably all of the above, yes. I suppose. Um, it, it's interesting because uh, one of the sins, in fact, is is using negative language with ourselves. Yes. And so, you know, you know, where are we sinners? I would probably reframe it as where where is the improvement possible or yes. where's stretch possible in conversations? Yes. And the reason and, and that's one of the secrets is express your thoughts positively. I think it's secret number 13. Yes. And the important thing about expressing yourself positively mm. is that um what, the more you do it, the more the neurons in your brains react to it and they start connecting with each other. Mm. <clears throat> and when you express yourself um, you, in positive words, doesn't mean to say you can't be tough and, and make difficult decisions. Mm -hmm. You're a lot more fun to be around as a leader. Yes, that makes sense. Right? Mm -hmm. So getting curious with the other people um, is, is is an important piece. So that's the, that's the positive yes. side. The yes. real sin, if you really want to go down the negative side of peace. So the, 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 yeah, go that's on. The real, <laughs> the real sin is um not getting curious enough with people mm, right okay. and basically sort of saying i've been there i've done it here's the answer mm. and it's like a closed you know, closed mind or just jump jumping we, we we rush to certainty i feel sometimes we're addicted, well, we're to, addicted to, certainty. to exactly we're addicted to being right yes. you know as leaders we climb through the the maze and and we get to the top and and we we do so because we like fighting to get there we like winning mm. and you know winning creates that dopamine hit yes and, and we forget that sometimes that dopamine hit that thing of winning mm. actually can leave other people bereft of a sense of winning yeah and so it's about creating that win-win situation so mm. i forgot who said it but there's a great quote mm. that I, I love michael mercenic i think his name mm. is and he says Great leaders are masters at helping others think for themselves. Mm, I love that, and and that's probably the biggest sin that mm. we that we do as leaders is that we don't give we don't create the space for mm. others to figure it out for themselves and and be a catalyst to that, rather than being yes. the mouthpiece to it. Mm. I mean, it reminds me of a former boss I had many years ago, uh, Sachin Sachi, whose nickname was the Silent Assassin, and you'd be working away <laughs> and all of a sudden you'd feel this cold shiver down your spine and then this heavy breathing like Darth Vader and it was terrifying and there's so many different types of bosses out there and just building on this theme which I think is so key right now in your in your book uh, which you co-authored it's you've written here what happened to the courageous leader right tell me more about that well what has happened to that courageous leader right everybody's so scared of yeah. you know saying the wrong thing or being you know bulleted down that mm. we we're 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 just we're scared to 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 share our thoughts and mm. to encourage others to share theirs mm. and so there's a yes. real need to to create that safe space which is which mm. isn't there anymore and that's why we're lacking courage people don't mm. feel yeah they don't feel safe um to, to be able to speak up the way that perhaps they could if you were if you were coaching uh leaders right now and i know you do a lot of that work and there's so many different challenges that they're facing um, at the beginning of 2022. You know, the risk of burnout, the overload, the hybrid hybrid paradox of what is our hybrid policy. And then we've got these different terms, the great resignation or the great reshuffle and the great reassessment. I mean, there's so many different buzzwords right now. I just feel like I'm drowning in them. But if there were like a couple of practical steps for our listeners to build that safe space 
for to unlock uh, psychological safety or courage to speak up? What would be one or two sort of really simple practical steps that people can start thinking about um, as they perhaps th consider going heading back to the office in some sort of capacity? Hmm. Well, you know what? If 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 your listeners, if the listeners today remember one thing and remember only one thing from today's podcast, yes, maybe it's this: it's the piece around. There's only one thing that you need to ask yourself as a leader, mm. and it's this question: mm. What is the climate I'm creating? Yes, that's it. Mm. If you can bring that into <clears throat> a habit to be mm. self-aware and to just pause after five minutes of talking, for example, and just say, mm. what's the climate in creating? Look around the room mm. and have the courage sometimes to ask, hey, what's the climate here? Mm. What's the energy? Mm. Um, and see what it is mm. and get that feedback and then co-create the space with other people. Yes. Having the courage to call it out. Yes. Having the courage to be vulnerable and say, wow, you know, um, I'm not on the same page with you and I'd love to be on the same page. Yes. Or, I don't feel we're on the same page. What would it take? Mm, right. That's... Rather than just assuming that the other people are with you. So yes. it's that it's that what climate what climate am I creating? And if you don't know, mm. ask. And it's I mean, it's such an important point because I guess a lot of climates are accidental. They're not by design or co-creation. They're kind of you know, by the seat of your pants type design. Especially when you're stressed. Yes. When people are stressed, people go back into default mode, mm. survival mode, yes. and it becomes automatic behavior, some of which works and much of it doesn't. Yes. That segues really nicely because you've got these these fantastic 21 secrets in, in your book. And if you were to share one or two secretly now with our listeners... Uh, the, you, the ones that you think would uh, be most helpful as they start 2022 off the back of, I mean, a terrible two years of uh, of stress and uncertainty and anticipatory anxiety and worry about family and health and so on. Any particular secrets that come to mind that would galvanize our, our listeners for the year ahead? Um. I love them all. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. You have um, to pick two. Two, is it? Okay. Let's think about this for a minute. I think secret number 10 is yes. one of my favorite, which is um, slow down. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's a key one. Is, well, it is. And, and maybe, maybe, this is, maybe this is a secret behind the secret with this book. Mm. It's called Conversation Secrets mm. for Tomorrow's Leaders. And maybe the assumption here is it's about having conversations with other people. Yes. The assumption is also the hidden secret. It's about having a conversation with yourself. Right. Tell me more about that. Well, every one of these conversation secrets is about how, you know, how, do, how do you speak to other people? How do you listen to other people? How do you connect, create trust, mm. you connect and create collaboration? It's also about how do you create trust with yourself? How do you connect with yourself? Yes. And how do you collaborate with yourself? Uh, and so one of my favorites is, mm. is slow down and check in. It's a really good and one. the reason, well, it is because, well, there's a quote at the beginning of every chapter. And, and, and this is probably my favorite all-time quote is Marcus Aurelius. Yes. Um, you know, 2,000 years, well, maybe, yeah, 2,000 years old, I think, about that. Yes. And so it stood the test of time. And he says, 
Everything we hear is an opinion, not a fact. Mm. Everything we see is a perspective, not the truth. Yes. Yes. And because we're on autopilot most of the time, mm. we kind of believe in our own narrative. Yes. And everybody experiences life through a different lens, mm. right? And so mm. here lies in the challenge. Mm. Because our brains operate on autopilot, especially when we're under stress. Yes. When we're trying to help a colleague through something, mm. we make the unconscious assumption that the other person's brain works the same as ours does. Yes. Like we're on, like we've got the same mental map, and mm. we don't. It's completely different. <laughs> it's completely different, mm. and as a result, actually, um, anecdotal uh, evidence suggests that ninety percent of conversations miss the mark. Mm. Wow, that much. Yeah, I was going to swear and go, holy smokes. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, it, it makes it is incredible. lost in translation then is the norm. Is the norm. And as leaders, we're addicted to being right. Um, and so we tend to, because we like winning uh, and we like that rush and we like to move forward quickly. Um, so there's a real opportunity just to slow down. And as, my, as Stephen Covey said, and it's still a best-selling book, right? It's yes. Habit, habit yes. number... Habit number five, I think it is, Yeah, you know, uh, seek to understand and then be understood. Because yes. only when people feel that they've been heard, will they then listen to you and trust you. Mm, and so that's cute. the whole piece. Mm. Yeah, Marcus Aurelius, I mean, he's, he's saying yes. everything we hear is an opinion, not a fact. Everything we see is perspective, not the truth. Yes. Slow down. Yes. Check in with the other listener. What are I, they really yes. trying to say? Mm. Such right. a, such a big one. This I, I think it's it really resonates because I feel like with the rise of social media platforms and the rush a rush culture and uh, this you know always always on demand attention extraction economy and attention is the new oil empathy is the new oil and being more deliberate slowing down really being more deliberate in our intentions when we have these conversations it, it has got to be the key. It, well, it, 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 it's an important key, and, uh, and, and in, in the book we provide so, some tools to doing that, and one of them, for example, is suspend your agenda. Yes. Listening to connect, right? So this is all about suspending judgment. Mm. Now, the person in front of you would be a complete twat, yeah. right? a complete <laughs> idiot. I mean, that's what you're judging. Yes. A leader's quality or the quality of leader is assessed by his or her ability to be able to suspend that judgment mm. and truly understand what the other person's saying. Yes. Let me give you an example. Yes. What if I was to say to you, Terence, mm. we're having a chit chat over a coffee, okay. fortunately, yes. without masks. Yeah, and painful. I, and we start talking about the world and I say, yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer that the world is flat. Mm. How would you respond to that? What's the first thing that goes through your mind when I say to you, the world is flat? Yes. Well, right. Yeah, it's really Bit nice. of an idiot, maybe? <laughs> I probably ask you a question and say, well, what, what evidence have you got to back that up? Are you, are you, are you I mean, sure? <laughs> so, 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 so in that question, there's judgment. Mm. I don't believe you provide me the evidence. Yes. If you're really trying to listen to connect to somebody who says something like that's how it's left field, mm. ask the question, I'm curious, what makes you say that? Yeah, brilliant. Yes. There's no judgment there. Yes. And that, I, I, right. I imagine that takes for, you know, 
a lot of our listeners who are you know, they're senior leaders, they're managing you know, hun- maybe hundreds of people across different geographies, different time zones. They're, they're hardwired for speed and fast execution. It's, do you find there's a lot of unlearning that needs to happen? Well, um, yes. And, 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 and by the way, James, I just need to, to yes. say thank you for being a bit of a test guinea pig there. I didn't ask for your permission there. <laughs> I probably created a bit of uncomfort for you. Yeah. Uh, Sorry about that, and thank you for 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 for, for stepping up to the mark. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, to, to, yeah. So thank you for that. No, you're welcome. Um, yeah, do we need to unlearn? Mm. Well, um, yeah. Yes. The um, it's the it's the teacup proverb. Yes. Right. I mean, you can't fill up your teacup if it's already full of beliefs and ways of doing things. Mm. You've got to empty the teacup to make space for new ways of of showing up. Yes. So and that I mean, takes courage coming back to your original piece. Yes. I, I wanted to ask you as well, alongside courage, in, in your book, you uh, write about this, this sort of um, this narrative of beware, beware movies of the mind. What, right. Tell me more about that, because that sounds really important. All right. So which chapter is that one? Beware, <laughs> movies of the mind. Because there is a quote at the beginning of each one of these. Yes. So it's secret number 11. Right. You know, what you think you become, mm. what you feel you attract, and what you imagine you create. Yes. Natalie Ledwell. Right. Very good. So what is that? Mm. Well, everybody, to, to, to put it very simply, it's the stories we tell ourselves. Yes. Like I said, like the sort of self-narrative. Yep. Mm. Yep. Absolutely. And we tend to believe those stories. Yes. Yeah, and true. quite often they're off the mark mm. and we need to be aware of those stories those narratives that we tell ourselves yes. we need to slow down check in with those and rewrite them from time to time mm. we need to tap into our wisdom i call it our sage voice it's self-talk if you will because there's a lot of automatic negative thoughts that we have as, as individuals because our mm. brains are wired to be to go towards the negative. That's why newspapers stop. Yes. So that whole piece around just be aware of the narratives that mm. you're telling yourself. Mm. Right? I'm a great leader. Are you? Mm. What makes you a great leader? What could change just a little bit mm. to be able to connect with people at a different level? Because this is in the in the in the chapter of, of connection. Yes. Um yeah. So, so that's a big, that's a big piece one. because big when we're under stress again, and this comes back to the neuroscience of it, our mm. brains get hijacked. Our brains get hijacked, mm. and we just go into the default story mm. of who we are as, as a leader without necessarily realizing it. It almost feels so, like I, I mean, it reminds me of a conversation I had recently with um, a, a director who said, uh, "Yeah, you know, I said, what you know, tell me about your week. How do you feel most of it?" And he said, "Most of my week feels like tunnel vision." um you know literally yeah. like tunnel vision or a formula one driver going as fast as you can and that doesn't sound healthy to me well there's a time and a place for it yes right and so recognizing being in tunnel vision is great self-awareness the question mm-hmm. is what do i need to let go of here yes yes right? what, what would serve me what's the story i i need to create for myself that's mm-hmm. going to help me slow down a little bit yes right 
because it can be very addictive being in the fast lane. Mm, I think so. Yeah, I think. Gosh, the the number of people I'd say most people I've I come across are addicted to the fast lane. Well, and if one of one of the chapters, we maybe there's a twenty second chapter. We will yes. in our next uh, 20, 20 second secret. One one of them that that's come up a lot during the COVID period mm. um, is everybody seems to say yes to everything. Yes. Um, and and the reason I mention this is this you know going at a hundred miles an hour, this tunnel vision. Mm. I see a lot of that in my in my coaching practice. Do you? And it, yeah, and it's mm. it's a leader's inability to say no. Mm. And is it? Do you think it's some sort of connection to the pandemic, some sort of coping mechanism? Because I, I saw some research from Gallup, this <clears throat> productivity paradox that for many companies productivity is at record levels. But so people are working more on average, five, six hours more a week, but their well-being and their anticipatory anxiety about the future is, and their risk of burnout as well is actually going in the wrong direction. It's like a decoupling. Yeah. It's a decoupling. It, well, I, I, I'm, I'm not a psychologist and mm. you know, I have an opinion like many is or a point of view. Yes. Um, when you change somebody's environment, mm. you shuffle things up. Mm. And so all of a sudden you don't know how to really behave in that environment. Mm. Uh, and so you're more likely to either push back against it mm. or, or, or try and accommodate as best you can because you still want to get your work done mm. at home. Mm. You're not too sure how. And so you may find yourself saying yes to a ton of things that you wouldn't normally say yes to in a normal, in your regular office environment. Yes, yes. So shifting the climate, right? When the climate mm. changes, people react differently. Yes. You know, when you go into hot weather, you're going to sweat. When you go yes. out into cold weather, you're going to get cold. So the climate at home mm. can 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 it's, have an impact. It's on a that. it's a big one, and it. What well, boundaries, yes, right? <laughs> yes, it reminds. In fact, it uh, yeah, I came across a term recently, the big jolt, and this idea that the last two years has has sort of. Uh, accelerated um, paradigm shifts p for people, liminality, a one foot in a pre-COVID world and one foot in a post-COVID world. And I, I wanted to ask yeah. you, I know you're, the, you know you're the chief coaching officer at Henker Institute. And yes. tell me more about your role at Henker Institute. What does Henker stand for, by the way? Uh, and tell me about the, your role in the mission of Henker, because I think it's, it's such a, uh, an interesting institute in terms of the, uh, in terms of the purpose. Well, thank you. Um, okay, so the Henka is a, is a Japanese word that means mm. transformation. And, and so the Henka Institute is all about transformation. Yes. Um, and the transformation that we lean into is uh, bringing in a coaching philosophy into leadership. Mm. And the reason that's become so important today mm. is because the top-down hierarchies are collapsing. Uh, and yes. becoming more and more irrelevant. Yes. And people, there's a democratization of knowledge and information. Mm. And more often than not, leaders actually don't have all the answers today the way they used to before in the hierarchy. It's just impossible, isn't that? It? It's the well, it's impossible. Yes, yes. But for leaders, it makes them massively vulnerable because yes. it kind of attacks their self worth. You know, yes. admitting that you don't know. Yes. Is, it's it like a career difficult. career it almost feels like a for, for some yeah. for some generations it might feel like a career sabotage 
Well, they, absolutely. Mm. And so, so because there's a flattening of organizations, because leadership is being democratized across organizations, mm. a leader's role really is, is back to Michael Merkin's piece is to help others think for themselves. Yes. That takes a little bit of extra investment in time up front from the leader mm. but, and saves them a ton of time going forward because... Mm. They're off on their own. They're taking ownership of their own ideas. Yes. And so the, the concept of co- uh, coaching philosophy, uh, uh, coaching philosophy and leadership, mm. is really about spending a little bit of time about helping people find their solutions. Yes. Not it's not going to be your solution, and it may not be what you would do, mm. because they've come up with a solution, because mm. it will, will probably work, mm. and because they own it, it's mm. a lot more likely to get done. Mm, very interesting and it's a great way of empowering people mm. right so this is this leads into the six needs of of of, of humans you know yes. we need growth and we need a sense of significance and we need that love and contribution yes um so that's what the, that's what we do at the at the Hink institute we help leaders bring in a coaching philosophy mm. so that they can transform their organizations through and with their people right uh, yes um, not not in a hierarchical way in a democratic way and and should every should every leader have a coach well <laughs> you're asking your coach that's a loaded question um, here's 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 the piece all right yes. um you have a look at the studies on self-awareness yes um and on average uh 10 to 15% of the population of leaders are self-aware Yes, just so it's actually a very small percentage then. So it's a very small percentage of self-aware. I have a coach. Yes. Okay. Because I need somebody to mirror how Mm. I show up. Mm. Right. I need somebody to be able to speak at least their truth and what they're seeing and for me to then be able to question it and, and then assess it for myself. Yes. So. Yes, I mean everybody. Everybody needs a coach. Um, mm. Yes, I, th- I mean, look, you know, it's it, this is close to my heart as well. And somebody said to me recently, "Well, success breeds success," and I, I replied, "True, but success can corrupt success as well." And as Daniel <laughs> Kahneman uh, says, you know, we're we're often blind to our own blindness. So actually, yeah. having somebody outside of your immediate space can I see the blind spots that you might be blind to, and that can be so valuable. Well, yeah, I mean, so you just hit on a beautiful piece there, right? Because Mm. isn't it interesting that we're really great at seeing what other people need to do to change, Mm. and yet we're terrible at seeing what we need to do to change? Yes. Yes. We're we're very good at saying, oh, she or he or she, and she needs to show up this way and do this way, Mm. and yet we're not able to do that with ourselves. And it's because the way the brain is wired. Mm. Right? It's all through associate knowledge. That's how we learn based on the environment and people we're with and whatnot. Mm. And so we're, we're just not wired mm. to be able to see ourselves as well as we see others. Steve, we're going to have to do a follow-up here. We're coming to the final few minutes Love of to. our conversation together. And I wanted to yeah. just give our listeners a strategic pause. So number one, I think there's two big takeaways here. Number one, um, check out... Um, Steve's book is brilliant. I've I've looked at it myself. It's Conversation Secrets for Tomorrow's Leaders. Twenty-one obvious secrets leaders do not use enough. 
And Steve, where can people go to immediately to check that book out? Is there any? Is it Amazon? Absolutely, it's, yeah. it's, it's Amazon and yeah. Bookbaby as well, which is the the, the publisher. And um, everybody I've spoken to certainly has gone to Amazon to pick it up. And, and yes. uh, yeah, absolutely. And then number two is your role at the Henker Institute. What would be a next step action for our listeners in relation to that? Right. I mean, www.henkinstitute.com and and reach out to us. I mean, happy to have conversations around this and explore together, you know, what people are looking for. Yes. So feel free. In terms of a final call to action, I've really loved our conversation today, covering so many um, challenges uh, and issues that are close to everyone's hearts right now in terms of these difficult transitions that people have been going through. What would be a sort of final thoughts, final uh, calls to action for our listeners as they uh, start uh, 2022? I've only got one, yes. um, because, it, it, because it is the one question every leader needs to ask themselves on a regular basis. It's estimated 75% of all the work that we do is through conversations. Mm. So you've only got one question to ask yourself. What is the climate I'm creating? And yes. from there, behaviors can change and adapt to create the environment that you need to get things done. Yes. Right. With others. So what is the climate I'm creating? Ask yourself that at the beginning of the day, the middle of the day, the end of the day, yes. before you go to bed, as you wake up and work, ask yourself, what climate am I creating all the time? I love it. Steve Hamilton Clark. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to next time. Thank you. Thank you, Terrence. Today, Steve inspired us to remember that today's leadership challenges are a powerful call to action for the curiosity to learn and the courage to unlearn. Learning helps us evolve and unlearning helps us keep up as the world evolves. Courageous conversations ignite innovation, spark fresh perspectives and build trust, which I believe is the ultimate human currency for navigating the future of work. Make this year the year of radical change because leadership is never finished. Transformation is never finished. Culture change is never finished. Learning is never finished. The job of a leader is never finished. Make it the year of brave conversations that make your teams feel more alive and more empowered to do their best work, not just their busy work.